government does recognize there is a problem. I'm going to um, confirm what Chris has said. Um, he's done a very good job of making sure this is on the radar of both the Premier and the Attorney General. Um, he's done a good job of giving us the information to know there is a problem, that people aren't getting paid promptly, and, and this is a real issue. But we're positioning, I'm positioning BC to move. That's BC's Ministry of the Attorney General making a public commitment to prioritize prompt payment legislation. That was in October of 2021. Construction industry stakeholders had been working for years to get to that point, to get the provincial government to admit the urgent need for this legislation and to do something meaningful to help contractors cracking under the financial pressures of outrageous payment delays. We had done it. Government was finally ready to move. But not so fast. Attorney General David Eby has already done an abrupt about-face, reassigning his team and kicking the legislation out to the summer of 2023, at the earliest. His explanation? It's not a priority. There's not enough bandwidth. But from the perspective of the quarter of a million voters in the construction industry, prompt payment is the biggest priority there is. Hello and welcome to Inside Construction, a podcast from the BC Construction Association. I'm your host, Chris Acheson, President of the BCCA. We're bringing you this podcast series as part of our advocacy work, seeking to highlight the key issues affecting employers in BC's construction industry. We'll meet industry insiders, stakeholders and professionals who are committed to the construction sector and the topics that need our attention. With their help, We'll shed some light on what's working, what isn't, and how private and public sector stakeholders can come together to ensure BC's industry has what it needs to get the job done on time, on budget, and with the world-class outcomes we all expect. Today, we continue the fight for prompt payment legislation on behalf of all the contractors out there who are trying to figure out how to make their payroll, pay their taxes and benefits, and invest in training and equipment when they can't get paid on time for the work that they do. The Attorney General's U-turn on legislation is a setback, but we're not giving up. If contractors go bankrupt, projects won't get built. If projects don't get built, society can't function. The responsibility of government is a functioning society. We've proven the case for prompt payment time and again, and why it's needed. No one, including Minister Eby and his team, can have any doubt that contractors are going broke because they aren't being paid. Today, we're going to take a run at demonstrating the success other jurisdictions are having. Here's Chris Moran, the General Counsel for Maple Rinders Group in Ontario. I will admit I was one of the original people that I didn't think it was necessary. I thought the lean act was fine the way it worked. And to some degree, I still think there can be an argument for that. But now, like the idea of prompt payment, how can you argue with it? It's just, it's getting paid on time. Like it's a great concept. And so I honestly don't see how, how anybody could argue against it. Ontario is the first province in Canada to implement prompt payment legislation. It's been in place for nearly two years now. So I asked Chris about the process and what changes he's seen since their legislation, the Construction Act, came into place. 
there was a movement before the construction act uh, changes were made. There was a, there was a movement by owners to push for longer payment terms, um, which, as you can imagine, but for a general contractor and then further subtrades, is hard because that that, that impacts cash flow. And um, I I think the last time that I dealt with it before the construction act was changed, there was an owner that was looking for 120 or 180 day payment terms. Well, like that's half a year between invoice and payment, and that's really difficult. Large general contractors may be able to absorb some of that, but the further down the chain you go and for sub-trades and, and even smaller generals, that's a really hard uh, pill to swallow. And then on top of that, and I'm not trying to badmouth owners, but you know when owners are, are slow to pay and then even generals and, and subs down the line, that impacts the people at the bottom of the pyramid, uh, which I think is what the Construction Lean Act in Ontario originally, and and now the Construction Act, they're the people that we are trying to protect the most is the people at the bottom of the pyramid that don't have um, necessarily all of the same resources that that some of the people at the top may have. I think the construction, the the changes, the prompt payment provisions in particular, and then the threat of adjudication have have made everybody from the owners down recognize that that you know prompt payment is here and, and there's certain rules you have to abide by and that and that's hopefully and in my view and what I've seen so far has has translated into better behaviors because you're forced to. So what would you say are some of the main uh, positive impacts of a uh, better cash flow in the construction system? I do think that it, it's provided a system that allows general contractors and owners in particular to ensure that the payment stream at the top end is is flowing properly. And that trickles down um, because generals then have an obligation to pay their subs within a certain period of time, so long as there's you know no notice of non-payments or any of that stuff. And it clarifies what the issues are upfront. So if an owner's saying, well, I'm not paying you 100% of your, of your invoice, they have to tell you why. And then it gives the general contractor the ability to go to the subs. Like if the owner says, I'm not paying you this because I question whether all of the mechanical that you're saying is complete is complete. And therefore I'm only paying you 50%. Then the general can go to its mechanical sub and say, well, the owner's saying we're not paying because of this. And then everybody knows what the issue is right up front and you can deal with it at the time. So it's also a timing issue. It's not lingering it's not being dealt with later it's being dealt with when somebody is saying there's an issue which i think is a very positive uh, outcome because instead of dealing with a million issues at the end you're dealing with one issue as it comes up and it gets it sorted and dealt with immediately glenn ackerley is a construction lawyer in ontario he was involved in some of the groundwork that set the construction act into motion He also has some insights on the importance of cash flow in the industry. The ability of contractors to invest in their people, to invest in innovation, to deal with crises as they come up. There's so many uncertainties and contingencies you have to plan for on a construction project. Plan in the sense of expect there's going to be stuff you can't even foresee that will come up and you need a cushion to be able to deal with those. All of those kind of challenges on a job are faced by contractors every day. And if getting paid is the biggest challenge, then how do you address all those other things? So I couldn't agree more that when you're living day to day, worried about making the next 
payroll for your workers that are working on a job, that doesn't leave any ability to handle all those other things I just mentioned. So it's, it really is critically important for the payment stream to keep coming in a very timely way. So when you do work in a given month, you know by the end of the next month, you're going to have a check in hand for what you just did. And that keeps everything moving on. And you can deal with suppliers more easily. You can deal with fluctuations in pricing more easily. You're just in a much better place. A big part of the reluctance on behalf of BC's current government when it comes to prompt payment legislation seems to be that they want proof that it is working in Ontario. The other reasons they're giving for putting BC's legislation on the back burner is bandwidth, too many priorities. So let's take that first point for a minute. Glenn says the outcome in Ontario has been positive. The experience in Ontario, particularly so far in the public sector, has been very positive. Public sector owners, I'm talking about big municipalities and public uh, agencies, knew this law was coming into force in 2019 and sat down and figured out how to make it work. Rather than 17 sign-offs, you know, for every progress payment application uh, approval, uh, they streamlined things, they created electronic payments, they knew that they had to get that payment out the door within four weeks, that 28-day window, and so they figured out how to make it work, And, and by all accounts, it's working quite well. He sees that prompt payment legislation is making the system more equitable for everyone on the construction pyramid because it brings basic rules and protections. It's better to set out ground rules for everybody to play by. So that means that as everybody's looking at financing their projects and paying bills, everybody knows that these are the rules that have to be followed. So it levels it out for everybody But most importantly, as we talked about earlier, it gets cash in the hands of the most, I don't know, vulnerable to non-payment being the sub-trades. So if the owner doesn't pay the contractor, the contractor doesn't pay the sub-trades, they're the ones who do the work and earn the money and they don't get paid. And you can only take so many hits before the industry goes, you know, broadly insolvent, (laughs) which would be, uh, of course, uh, unacceptable. So that kind of interference, it is a bit of a a consumer protection mindset by government, but it's protecting an industry that's very vulnerable to those kind of payment concerns. And then finally, adjudication is actually offering an opportunity to people who inevitably get into disputes to do it, to get over those disputes, get them resolved very quickly without burdening the courts, without having to personally hire uh, or privately hire uh, arbitrators. It's just a great way of getting things sorted out quickly and cheaply. Everything about prompt payment legislation is objectively a win for a construction project. From owners to the general to the trade contractors, their tradespeople, apprentices, manufacturers and suppliers, and ultimately all of their families. Let's remember the massive investments that the government is making in infrastructure here in BC and the enormous need for more multi-residential housing, housing that's built by the ICI contractors that BCCA represents, the contractors who are demanding this legislation. Here's the $4 billion question. 
If there is a proven way to make construction projects happen more efficiently with immediate and measurably better financial outcomes for the projects and for the real people who do the building, why isn't that an urgent priority for BC's government? Glenn reminds us of the big picture, how important this legislation is to securing a prosperous future for the industry and for BC's economy overall. Well, I would say that the construction industry as a whole is such a key critical contributor to every provincial economy that protecting it and and in fact, not just protecting it, but encouraging its success, its ability to meet the demands of infrastructure and all the other things everybody recognizes need to be built in every province. That requires a recognition that the things that prevent that from happening have to be solved. And that's what we've been talking about today, cash flow, uh, dealing with disputes quickly and, and economically. Those kind of things facilitate the sustaining of the industry and its growth. If you turn your back on the industry and we're left with long payment terms and you know, multi-year court cases to resolve disputes, that just saps that ability for the industry to adapt and react to the demands that we have on it. It, it They just can't cope. And it's why all the other provinces have been looking at it, and many of them are adopting some form or another of the system, because they recognize what I've just said, how important it is to the industry to protect payment, keep cash flow going, deal with disputes quickly, preserve their rights, and so everybody can focus on getting the job done uh, and, and build on the resources we have. It's critically important to put it back on the front burner because everybody else gets it and we're, the rest of the, the country is doing it. So it, it, I, I don't know why it would make sense for BC to take a different route and just stick with the same old, same old, because over time it will continue to cease to function um, it's like anything, if you just ignore it and let it let it start to disintegrate, like main, maintaining roads. <laughs> It'll be full of potholes and you won't be able to drive on it eventually. BC knows the cash flow problems Glenn is talking about all too well. BCCA has done an entire podcast episode on these problems. It's called Prompt Payment or Bust, and you can find it as episode one, season one of the Inside Construction podcast series. We estimate that the BC government is paying over $4 billion in taxpayer dollars annually for premiums and administrative risk mitigation, interest rates, and bank fees, and legal fees, and other costs that contractors have to incur to manage late payments. A key to the success of the Construction Act in Ontario is the adjudication process. This is important because one of the reasons the BC government is delaying work on prompt payment legislation is they say it might choke the court system with a lot of legal challenges. Well, that's literally the opposite of what's been happening in other jurisdictions. Here to tell us more about that is Matt Ainley. They're beginning to realize that adjudication may actually be a great way and a very quick way and a very low-cost method of trying to resolve problems before they build into something bigger. Matt is an adjudicator under the Construction Act in Ontario. There is a culture change happening. You know, if you're getting 
you're not playing nice in the sandbox with your other contracting parties and you think you're going to get away with something and you're actually not right when you're wrong, then the other party can bring you very quickly into an adjudication and get a, and get a, get a determination and get it resolved. So this adjudicated pathway is opening up lanes of communication to find a reasonable solution for both parties in a, in a expedient way. Yeah, it is. And I think one of the reasons for it is it's not expensive uh, compared to the court process in any way. <laughs> you know, it's a fraction of the cost. And the other is it's quick. So if you file an adjudication in Ontario, the timeline kind of reads like this. There's four days for you and the party you filed against to an agreeing adjudicator. If you can't agree an adjudicator, then the nominating authority, in an Ontario case, ODAC, has seven days to appoint an adjudicator. You're now at 11 days. And then you have five days that the party filing the adjudication, once the adjudicator is um, appointed, has five days to submit their materials. So now oh, you're at 11, 16 days, add on 30 days for the determination. So, you know, you're at 36 days and the adjudicator can request or the parties can request uh, an extension of 10 days if all the other parties agree. And generally they do agree. So, you, you know, you're somewhere between 36 and 46 days, you have a determination and your problem is solved. Now, it's an interim decision. You can still, at the end of the project, lean. You don't give up your lien rights. Uh, you still can go to the courts if you don't like the decision. But... Uh, there doesn't seem to be a trend to that happening at the moment. We as a country need to be competitive uh, to attract industries and get industries to stay here so and invest here. So, you know, construction's a big part of the driver of the economy. It always has been. So, you know, this is going to be one of the tools by which it can help enhance that. Yeah, would you say that uh, overall that there is better behavior in the construction industry with the introduction of the Construction Act? Well, statistically, as I gave you, it appears that that is the trend. While the Construction Act is relatively new to Ontario, other countries have had similar prompt payment legislation in place for a very long time. You know, anecdotally, you go, early on, we thought this might actually happen. And the reason we thought that was when you look back to the United Kingdom, and I'll give you some stats here that are kind of interesting. So... The UK is averaging around 1,500 adjudications a year. Um, and so that's a lot of adjudications. But their political system and uh, is a little bit different. And their geography is a little bit different. But one country, 65 or so million people. So they follow one set of rules. They don't have provinces. So it's just one set of rules. So it makes it a bit easier. But what was really interesting, they're a steady 1,500 a year even though they've had a tremendous amount of growth since 1998, um, though they start started to use uh, adjudication in a different way. Back in the day when they were going, they had, I think, 16 courts working two shifts a day in London, uh, nothing de but dedicated to construction claims. They're now down to three courts, one shift a day. So adjudication had a tremendous impact. Now, they're much more litigious in the construction industry than we ever have been and will be in Canada, I hope. Uh, but that's, a, that's an interesting piece. The other piece is companies in relationships on a construction project might have an adjudication or two early in their project and realize, you know, that's a lot of brain damage, right? They're like, yes, 
it's quicker than the courts and it's all these things, but they're going, we could have just discussed this out and didn't even need an adjudicator. So people started doing one or two early on and realized, let's just sit down and talk about it and get it resolved. So what you began to see in England, it was people dealing with their issues as they occurred on the project and not piling it up. Yeah, it seems like once people become familiar with the adjudication system, that it seems to be acting as an effective deterrent and, and compelling people to sit down and communicate early. I think it is, Chris. And what, what we want with the whole thing is we want great uh, determinations out of the adjudicators. I mean, that's a high standard. So, so the reason that you want that is you want, they, it's an interim decision. That And if you don't go and fight it two years after your project's done, it becomes permanent. But you're, you're quite able as a losing a, a determination, a, get a determination that's against you in an adjudication, you're able to then go fight it afterwards in the courts. But interestingly, 98% of all the determinations in England to date have not gone to court. Only 2% have gone to court. The British Columbia Law Society did a study and industry consultation on lien reform a couple of years ago. The revised lien act is still sitting in limbo, ready to go in a virtual file somewhere in the attorney general's office. That work is already done. We're almost in a turnkey situation here. So again, we have to ask if the BC government already has the information it needs to introduce prompt payment legislation, why aren't they doing it? Ironically, the construction industry doesn't usually ask government to get involved in business operations. This is extremely rare. And it's 100% nonpartisan. Infrastructure is a priority. There aren't enough contractors or workers. We should be doing everything we can to make this industry as efficient, as secure, and as competitive as possible. The the whole country is going this way because they've all recognized it's great for the industry. It's great for competition. So why you're holding back is a bit of a mystery. So it's a great win for the government. Uh, You'll have the entire construction industry behind you. In every province, the entire construction industry has got behind the government um, because they've they've come to the table and they've listened and they took the issues seriously. So, uh, why BC would wait is a is a bit of a mystery, um, particularly when it's proven to be effective. The early results are it's effective. It's not costing extra money for businesses. In fact, it's going to cost less money in the long run for businesses. Matt is right. The whole country is moving this way. Alberta will have prompt payment legislation up and running this summer. And instead, in BC, we're being told that the government is too busy. The fact is they're spending time on things that industry doesn't want. Things like Bill 10, which will allow annual union rating and card check. Partisan actions that will undermine our ability to deliver construction services that the people of BC need. The risk profile in the industry is going through the roof, with contractors walking away because they don't want the risk. And there's so much work that they don't need to take it. And let's face it, it's pretty easy for a lot of BC contractors to pick up work in Alberta if they feel that there is less risk there. I was involved in 2013 when I was approached initially by... uh some tradespeople who had been clients of mine who had lost their businesses because they hadn't been paid. And so I've been aware of this issue as, as it's evolved, not only in Alberta, but right across the country. That's Kerry Powell. He's been a construction lawyer in Alberta for 40 years. I think they were able to take the good 
from the legislation in Ontario, and there is lots of good. And they also were able to take some of the lessons because the legislation has been in place for two years. So uh, I think the government here was able to take the lessons learned, the practical lessons learned from uh, the experience in Ontario and incorporated them into the act into Alberta. And, and, um, you know, there are some pieces that are different, but there's a lot of pieces that are the same. So the architecture and structure that was set up in Ontario has been followed. What are those uh, key elements that have been followed? And then maybe just uh, touch on some of those departures or some of those lessons that have been incorporated in Alberta. You know, I think the key is that the focus is to um, ensure payment um, through the construction chain flows. So there's, you know, there's a number of pieces that target that objective. And one is mandating the issuance of an invoice every 31 days. So someone cannot sit on an invoice or, or sit on work and not invoice it indefinitely. The other piece is the obligation to uh, object to a, an invoice, and they call them proper invoices. The opportunity for a person to object to paying all or a portion of a proper invoice has to happen within a set period of time. For the owner, it's 14 days. So um, it, it accelerates that, the, the process of looking at the invoice and determining whether there's a problem and then communicating that problem and then obligating the parties to pay each other down the chain in a timely manner. In Alberta, it's 28 days. The owner has to pay the subcontractor, sorry, the contractor, and the contractor has seven days to pay the subcontractor. So they are dictated time periods. And then if there is a dispute, the dispute just doesn't sit. They have in Alberta and in Ontario um, incorporated an adjudication process, which is fast track, rough justice, um, you know, no cross-examination, no oral hearing, no, no judges, uh, no courtroom. So it's less expensive and it, and it happens in a very short time period. And that is uh, in place to determine any disputes with respect to payment, including change orders. So instead of disputes sitting until the end of the project and then being used by respective parties to negotiate or get leverage, um, after the work has been done, the adjudication process and the the requirement to, to proceed through adjudication if you have a dispute in a set time period, all those pieces together are intended to promote the timely payment of monies that are properly due and owing. And in Ontario, you know, I've talked to people involved there. I haven't had my own experience, but in, in people that I've talked to, it's actually working. Um, this, the payment process is streamlined, it's structured, it's more reliable, there are less disputes. Again, we're hearing about the simplified, reliable system that's revolutionizing the payment process that has been so punishing for construction contractors for decades. Kerry has seen firsthand what delayed payments can do to businesses. Well, I say this very sincerely. Um, in 40 years, I've had, and, and I purposely act for a wide variety of clients in the construction industry. I act for the Alberta government. I act for major developers. I act for large contractors. I act for subcontractors, suppliers, sureties, insurers, you know, everybody purposely so that I have a perspective that is broad and you don't get tunnel vision, you know, if you just act for one particular entity. And over the course of those years, I have seen um, lots of particularly contractors in trades get hurt lose their houses, 
their families, uh, huge issues. And it's not because they haven't done the work properly. They have the best intentions, they're skilled, but they just don't get paid for whatever reason. And it's typically not their own, their own, their own fault. And, and I'm not blaming anybody in the construction chain, to be honest with you, but what I have seen is some of the people who are the hardest working and the most genuine and earnest and proud of what they're doing end up not getting paid. And it's only one or two big projects, if they get caught um, not being paid, th- they lose everything because they've got indemnities to the bank, indemnities to the sureties. And um, the current the current environment, and I don't know if BC is the same, but the, 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 the day of paying in 30 days doesn't exist. You know, the day of paying in 60 days doesn't exist. You know, 90, 120, for whatever reason. And so... Most of these trades and contractors, they value the relationship, so they continue to work even though they're not getting paid. And they hang themselves out, you know, 90 days, 120 days, 180 days, even longer. And then so if something goes south, they are super exposed. So they have really good intentions. They do really good work, but something happens and the financial car, house of cards falls in again really not through their own faults. I mean, you know, they have differing credit practices and they shouldn't let the account get out that that far. But to stop work on a project is not something that they think of and do often because there's a reputational risk with that. Um, and there's a relationship risk with it. So the intention of the legislation is to take the whole issue of payment and structure it and, and take it out of the equation and minimize the risk to the parties uh, in the construction chain. And, you know, we're seeing that in Ontario. And I, I really hope we see that here. I, I really do. Because I've seen lots of pain. Minimize the risk. Take the payment shenanigans out of the equation. Remove the reputational risk of tough decisions like work stoppages. Hard to argue with any of that. Hard to say any of that isn't a priority for the people of British Columbia and the tradespeople who are building this province. Kerry sees the positive impacts of the new legislation in Alberta being twofold. Well, you'll be spending less on lawyers if you if you uh, if you go through the adjudication process, right? And secondly, just the adjudic. You know, I'm a really big fan of the adjudication process. I've been in courtrooms where I've seen my clients age, and and that's not a place to resolve uh, disputes or use that process as a um, leverage or a tool for, for not paying. Um, the adjudication process, I'm a huge fan of. You have adjudicators who are not necessarily lawyers. They are industry experts who have, you know, a minimum of 10 years of experience. They may be a retired engineer, a retired project manager. So they speak the language. You know, I've been in court where a judge doesn't know the difference between, you know, a back charge or a backhoe. And no offense to judges. I mean, they're, they've got an incredibly difficult job, but they're not always doing construction claims. So, you know, in the adjudication process, it's quick. Your, your submissions are in writing. They have to be submitted within seven days. The adjudicator has uh, 30 days to make a determination. So if there's some dispute over change order, instead of waiting to the end of the job and accumulating them, then having this long, drawn-out two-year lawsuit that costs you more than the change orders, you can actually go to an adjudication, get somebody in the industry who understands what a change order is, 
understands what the scope of work is, understand what the industry, uh, you know, um, uh, rules, regulations are, et cetera, um, determine on an, at least an interim basis uh, whether or not one party's position is preferred over the other. That's a really important point, that a judge doesn't know much, if anything, about construction. A construction project is a highly complex ecosystem from procurement through the construction phase and having adjudicators who get it, who know the language, the process, the subtleties is a huge benefit. Why spend hours educating a lawyer on how a job site works? There's no benefit to that, except maybe to the lawyer's bottom line, which likely doesn't need much help anyway. And remember, Kerry is a lawyer and nevertheless would also like to see prompt payment legislation in British Columbia. No, I, I, I think it's obvious that I'm a, a fan of the legislation because I've, I've seen and lived the pain through my clients and, and the industry. I do believe it's in the best interest of, of the industry as a whole. Uh, I mean, I've heard, I've heard every segment um, support, supportive of it, you know, and, and, and architects and engineers, for instance, you know, they're now part of the legislation and the comment that they made to me, because I thought they'd be really upset that they're part of it. They said, hey, we have troubles getting paid too. You know, we want to we want to have the benefits of this, too. You know, so um, there's broad support for this structured uh, approach to a, a real a real problem. So here we are. Legislation that is already drafted. Legislation that is working in other jurisdictions. Legislation that is not only wanted and expected, but demanded by the majority of the industry. The industry that government is relying to build back the economy post-COVID. Across the board, regardless of labor affiliation, contractors are asking for this. There's an old saying that no answer is final until it's the answer you want. And that's the approach that BCCA and our partners, more than 30 organizations representing the industry in BC, are taking here. We will keep making the case for this legislation until the bill is passed. If we need to make this an election issue, we will. I'm Chris Acheson, president of the BC Construction Association. This has been Inside Construction.